Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Intersecting Ideas. Uh, my name is Mike Parks. I am your host, and this is just a podcast dedicated to talking about life and culture and intersecting with other people's lives and just finding out what's going on in their life, what they're a specialist in, and then seeing how it impacts our world around us and how what they do fits into our community and all the people that we come across with. So today's episode, we have got some super cool guests that I'm friends with, and my man, Shahan Khalil. How's it going tonight, Khalil? Hey, Khalil. Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, we also have Hassani Burns. Hey, what's going on, y'all? And uh, my co-host, Mr. Wes Handy. All right. Welcome to the show, fellas. All right, man. Well, we are are talking about Mushin combat tonight. And this is a great topic. I almost thought about walking us through some historical stuff and, and tiptoeing through history to, to look at some battles and, and how basically how like self-defense and fighting has always been there. And you know what? I, I decided, you know what? I think I would just more want to hear your story, Khalil, and yours, Hassani, to start out with and just let that set the background of the history. And we want to just begin right there. And uh, I want to toss you to baton, Khalil. Let me know. Just tell me. How in the world did you end up in where you are in the head and owner of Mushin Combat doing action films and, and, and all this stuff in your life, man? So oh, what is man. the story? I mean, and, and start start young, too. I want to you got to let me know. <laughs> so, someone didn't take your milk money, right? You know, it wasn't that, was it? Oh, man. Uh... I don't know. Maybe at some point, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't want to climb remember on you. whether I got it back or not. You know? <laughs> I, I bet you did by now. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, man. I mean, it's 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 so funny when people ask me that question because, you know, for me, it's it's just always been there. It's just something that uh, I've been investing my time in, and you know it's just always been a very like natural approach to it. Like, okay, this is something I got to do. This is something that this is not even something necessarily I got to do. It's just something that I do. You know, I don't, I don't recognize myself without being involved in martial arts to some degree. You know, I mean, my father started me in Taekwondo when I was six or seven years old. Not a whole lot of memories before that, (laughs) unfortunately. Yeah, man. I mean, those those years, those are years I would never give back, especially, you know, in, in my youth that early. I'm a I'm a big advocate that karate and taekwondo, you know, give a very great base foundation for young martial artists, you know, balance, flexibility, you know, discipline, character, respect. It it just starts to build all, all the things that you see in the glass when you drive past the Taekwondo at the strip mall and the karate schools at the strip mall. I mean, it's all true. It really sets a great foundation. And and for those who really end up pursuing martial arts further into their teenage and adult life, you know, those principles stick with them. And the foundation of training, it, it sticks with them. Yeah, man. You know, did the tournament thing. Did How old the, were you? Uh, in the tournament? Yeah, when you're doing that. Shoot, man, I got I got trophies in the basement to say '97 on them. So, oh, '97, oh, <laughs> yeah, '97. Yeah, I got trophies from '96, '95. So, shoot, that was right up. It was right up to the age of about 14, 15 
when I, you know, I started to be, started to be a little bit more, I guess, personalized in my approach for what I wanted from, from my martial arts, you know, I mean, my, yeah. Were you practicing, and that was Taekwondo at the time? At the time, yes. Yeah. Okay. Taekwondo under uh, Master Carl Runk was my first official instructor. I mean, my father has, has always been very deep into the martial arts since his early 20s. So, you know, we had some some sessions in the basement. You know, he, uh, he used to practice, you know, horse stance and, and cat stance. And, you know, he would run us through some striking drills. But uh, at that point, you know, it was more like it was more like Simon says, you know, I, I really didn't appreciate the authenticity of what I was getting because I was so, so young. But um, how steep in the martial arts was your dad? Oh, man, he was one of June Ree's first students in the Washington, D.C. area. Oh, wow. And, uh, so he and Ree first came on the scene. Yeah, um, he studied some some Wing Chun, you know, I mean, the whole Dean Chen lineage, you know, played a big role in, in, in his uh, early martial arts career. Things happen, you know, he got married, you know, he's I'm one of six children, you know, you get busy, you know, so. He pursued athletics and other and other fashions too. Like, you know, he's really big into bicycling and things like that. But, you know, it just uh it was what it was, man. So that's that's kind of like the the cloth I ended up becoming cut from. So I man, I appreciate every drop of it. But Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's man. a good cloth to be cut from. I tell you, I hey, mean man, I, you know, he's pin 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 jersey uh state champion, first place in wrestling too. You know, he taught wrestling at uh at my brother's uh high school for many years and yeah man i mean natural athlete man gifted guy you know yeah man i appreciate him having him in my life so that's that's a positive influence man i think you uh you reminded me it seemed like there was an era where every kid was taking taekwondo i think i may have taken it (laughs) six months myself at one point you know when i was younger and then then my buddy steve estrada he was he was in okido and he taught me some backyard stuff so i practiced Mm. on the bag a little bit and yeah. then, uh, and then me and my me, me and my friends, we used to put the gloves on and just beat each other to death. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that, a lot so, of that. <laughs> so let, let's fast forward. So at fourteen, yeah. you're going out, you're winning trophies, and then, and then, where'd the road lead you after that? We actually moved from Virginia to Maryland. At that time, I was kind of, you know, little little bit of bumps and bruises along what I was getting into in middle school, and it was at that age, you know, 15, mm-hmm. 16 years old. You're kind of trying to figure out who you are. You know, whatever I was getting into, martial arts was always still a priority. You know, at that point, it was it was, it was part of life. So um, I had a buddy who was going to Howard University. He started taking these classes with who became my instructor in a very short amount of time, Grandmaster Daryl King, World King, Professor World, we call him. Uh, and he was training with Sensei Ali Shabazz up at Howard University. And, you know, at the time I had just left Taekwondo, I was playing with wrestling, I was playing with Kung Fu, but nothing really had that, that real glove fit that I was looking for, you know? And so I went up to Howard and I attended, I attended a class because my buddy, he would pull me to the side and do like funny locks on my wrist and stuff. And (laughs) I'd be like, man, come on, man, that that stuff don't work. You know what I mean? Like, it it was like, it was gimmicky to me. It was wizardry with the hands and the feet. I was like, come on, man. You know, so... (laughs) I mean, I came from a striking art, you know, I was very, I was very biased and, you know, martial arts, the first thing that comes into your mind is all skeptics, you know, so um, I was a skeptic, of course, and, uh, and I went and I feel like, finally, all right, let me, let, let me see what the class is like, went to the class, man, opened my whole world up, man, Professor World opened my whole world up, man, and yeah, man, the class was amazing, I was a heckler in the crowd, he asked me to come up, feel it for myself, 
After that, it was a wrap. I was all the way in, man. So I, I found so, what I was wait, looking for. Wait, wait. You, yeah. you, were, you, you just said you were a heckler in the class. I, I was a heckler in the crowd on my first day. Absolutely. Oh, in your first day. It, that's not your character today. <laughs> maybe one-on-one it but, only but, took one but, class for me to not be a heckler anymore man. okay you learned that you're a quick learner i guess <laughs> yeah man i mean learned he demonstrated some uh some, some real basic things and uh you know he allowed me to feel it you know it, on a respectful level it wasn't like you know he he broke my nose or anything like that i mean he's a he's a very high level instructor so his control is phenomenal i mean he understands what he's doing and every person that he touches or he interacts with he has enough sensitivity to know what they can handle. So, I mean, that's something that comes with, you know, years and years of training such as he's had. So, yeah, man, but it was a great experience, man. And, and that car ride back, I remember just knowing that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And I that's, was great. That was the direction. Man. Yeah. So, so that's when it started, man. 1999. Okay. And then uh, you took off within your current discipline that you're at. Pretty well, much the same I mean, fighting yeah, style. No. Oh, I haven't looked back since. Yeah, no, okay. I've been all the way in since. It's, I've been Sanukas Wu Jitsu is my priority art. That's my primary art. That's my foundation, man. And, you know, I I'm, I consider myself a martial artist. I don't only consider myself a jujitsuka. So, uh, I mean, that's the that's the fancy word we use for somebody who does jujitsu. Of course, you learn, you grow, you meet people in the travels and the classes and the seminars. And, you know, you absorb, you read and, you know, your, your palate just starts to grow and expand and you get more and more appreciation and more and more knowledge about what you're doing. And, and it just becomes a beautiful thing, man. So I'm in love with the whole piece. You know, I, I don't dissect it, but you know, I'm never going to claim anything other than Sanuka Shuru Jiu Jitsu. I mean, that's my practice. Nice. So, yeah. So b- before the episode, I was, I was looking, I said, you know, let me, let me, you know, I'm a history guy. So I started digging into the origins of Jiu Jitsu. And what I found was no one came to the same conclusion. <laughs> Someone on the one side said it's 2,500 years old. It came yeah. from India. Then it came from South Japan. And then yeah. it ended up in the art of war, which yeah. is usually for fighting. And, and uh, then it was, hey, it codified its name in 1700s. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, then it came, you know, mainstream about 1800s, yeah. brought yeah. over to the U.S. by the Gracies. And, you know, there's so many layers because there's just so many people to it. But Absolutely. What year was it that you began Mushin Combat? In, uh, uh, Mushin Combat? The... I'm still a student of Professor World. Obviously, um, I still train. He's actively teaching at a Forestville, Maryland location. You know, all that information is on the website, MushinCombat.com. So I opened my branch for the Montgomery County population in 2012. So that, man, yeah, yeah that was after... Huh? 14 years, 13, 14 years of training, I, I opened my location just to, um, you know, touch a different demo. I mean, we, uh, there were a lot of people we came across that wanted to train and even people in my, my personal social circle, it wasn't really tangible for them to make the trip, you know, and, and I was that guy that followed my teacher wherever he went. I mean, at times he was in deep Southern Akakeek, Maryland, at times he was in Alexandria, <laughs> Virginia. I mean, we're grassroots operation we always have been so you know we go where we can go to train i mean you give us a basement with one light bulb hanging from the ceiling we're gonna make it work you know so it's always been like that you know you're reminding me so when i was a teenager we used to go my good friend his dad used to box and he had gloves and headgear we used to go in the basement that's where we would do it we'd knock each other out in the basement (laughs) whatever works man whatever works oh man that's 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 a rich that's a rich story you know i i love i love to hear how 
this is my first time hearing it. So yeah, yeah, uh, I love yeah, to hear yeah. just how you got there. I never had an opportunity to really talk about it. So yeah. you had thrown out some mushoncombat.com. You're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. People can find you. Yes, you sir. guys train out of Bethesda. So for yes, those sir. in the DMV area, hit yes, up sir. Khalil. So yes, uh, sir, you yes, know, we'll, we'll link to you as well. Let's, let's keep, pass it on over here to, to uh, Hassani. Oh yeah, so, Hassani yeah. is so yeah, Hassani is a is, is future master sensei in the making, man. Okay, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you know, oh, that's a lot of pressure, man. I yeah, it's a lot that. of pressure, man. Shoulders uh -oh. still heavy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Take the mic, Hassan. Hassani's one of my uh, very good students, man. He's um, you know, I've I've always been being very touched by his, you know, just the way he embraces the practice, you know, from the technical perspective, from the physical perspective, discipline perspective, you know, he's, you know, I, I consider him, you know, one of my, my, my right hand men when it comes to, to running the school. And, you know, sometimes I just got to call him and talk about stuff that's, that's on my mind that we want to do with the school. And, you know, he, he always has great feedback, but uh, yeah, man, talk to him, Asani, give him what you got, man. Yeah. So absolutely. Hey, man. Sheon, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't supposed to say that stuff out loud till you got your black belt, but it's cool. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's on the record now. <laughs> can't, can't take it back. Right? That's right. It's out there for the public. Oh, man. So, Hassani, how, how did you end up in the sport? What, what, or let me back up. What age did you start training? Oh, this is a good question. My, my story is uh, certainly different from, uh, from, from Sheehan Khalil. I, you know, I started you know, training with him in 2016, actually. And, you know, prior to that, when I was younger, I'm from, originally from the Bay Area, uh, California, um, San Francisco, Oakland, all that. And so uh, growing up there, you know, I was doing a lot of sports. And, you know, I was one of the kids that, you know, I did, I did karate for a few months, right? I was one of the kids, mm -hmm. my dad uh, and my mom, you know, they wanted me to do something, you know, take some more of my time, et cetera. So I did karate for a few months. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was great, you know, but you know, at the time for me, I was young, I was, you know, getting ready to go into high school and, you know, the pressure of them wanting me to go to class all the time kind of was, was turning me off. I was like, ah, uh, you know, now I'm doing this for y'all more than I'm doing it for me. So I'm kind of over it. So I stopped doing that. I don't know if I even told you this, Sean, but this, <laughs> so this was, that's, that's the first time I was exposed to martial arts. Before that, you know, I was watching anime, kung fu movies and all that stuff at home. <laughs> so, you know, I always loved it, appreciated it, you know, uh, Oakland, California, you know, big, tons of Bruce Lee fans everywhere and things like that, San Francisco, et cetera. And so, you know, I, I grew up, was an athlete, playing basketball, playing football, uh, played football in college, uh, was, you know, running track and field, all that. That was my upbringing and that was really my exposure into you know, athletics, activity, competition, that was really my thing. You know, I you know, went on to get into the tech industry and do all that kind of things at work. But, you know, it wasn't until I moved out here, actually, uh, after I finished up uh, some graduate school I was doing, I moved out here that I said, okay, you know, I want to get back into, uh, into the martial arts. As I was growing up, you know, I have some family in New York. A lot of my family's from New York, an uncle of mine uh, up in Brooklyn. You know, I go hang out with him all the time. And, you know, this is this is eerily similar to Shihai. You know, he we'd hang out and we'd train in his backyard. And I always knew he took martial arts back in the day. Uh, my uncle took martial arts in the past. To my knowledge, at that point in time, he was you know he earned his his belts and he was doing his thing. I didn't know what he trained or so, how he trained. So would he, he would show me? So would he whip? So yeah. would he beat you all the time? Beat you up all the time? Or? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was like the this, locks. <laughs> I had to ask. It's like the school of hard knocks, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. To this day, and that was you know, and I feel like. 
and you're kind of seeing a trend here with Sanukis, right? You know, and how it's being shared and introduced to people, you know? And so, you know, one of the things that we would do, he'd take me in the backyard, right? He's showing mm-hmm. me the same kind of thing, some movements, some locks and things like that. And, um, you know, I never really thought too much about it. I just thought he was showing me some of what he learned. I never thought too much about it. It wasn't until after I moved, I called him up and I said, hey, you know, all that stuff you be showing me on the side, you know, what is that? You know, what is this and what's the discipline? <laughs> what's the history? You know, I'm a little similar to you. I was like, you know, I didn't want to, to just go to a school necessarily. I wanted to, to, to get involved in a discipline and in a program and in a history, right? And so I asked him and he was the one who told me, okay, hey, I studied with, you know, my uncle studied under, under Grandmaster McLeod in Brooklyn and, and told me the his, you know, some of the history of Sanukis and things like that and, and put me on. And once he mentioned Sanukis to me, that's when I went to Googling. You know, I went to Googling. I was like, okay, boom, Sanukis, Virginia, D.C. area, whatever. Um, and, and I came across, you know, Shia Khalil. I, I called the man on the phone. Uh, we had a short conversation, and I ended up going to one of the, one of the, the spring or summer seminars that happened in 2016. And so I went to a seminar, you know, uh, Shia Khalil was there. He had this, this, this white button up and he just went on and got on the mat, <laughs> took the button up off, took the button up off, put, put the gear on, went on the mat and, and did his thing. And I'm telling you, next Tuesday I was in class, you know, <laughs> so, um, it, it was, it was, it was really a good time. And I really, you know, I haven't looked back since. And, you know, with that, you know, he's, I've had the pleasure of being exposed to some of the things like martial arts competition. You know, obviously some of the film projects we worked on and things like that, but, you know, it's just been a, a great pleasure of mine to, to, to you know, to, to have Khalil as my sensei. So definitely appreciate it, man. Man, I, I, I like that. I, I like hearing the... That's going to make me emotional, man, on the phone, man. <laughs> Stop it. <man. laughs> uh, I'm really glad you're on, Hassani, because because there there is a topic I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but it's it's the topic of being like a mentor and a mentee. And 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 how and that camaraderie that it builds and no matter what when you have that relationship it just it builds character in men and women and uh, i think that that's that's awesome so let's let's talk about this now mission combat you guys have big history right you know lots of rich history lots of men that have that have given their lives to the community and have helped the community in many ways maybe we can just talk about like what styles you you've mentioned jujitsu right I was looking online, it says point MMA. So right. can you break down those for people that might not understand the difference between like, what is point MMA? What is jujitsu? And, and how does that stuff look like in practice? Sure, sure, sure. So I, I think, you know, just for the sake of uh, of chronology, it would make more sense to give kind of like more of a timeline sure. of, you Go know, what our practice is about and where we come from. So the founder of our system, his name is, is Dr. Moses Powell. There's a history page on our website where you can read about him as well. He brought Sanukis to the urban community. He brought his form, his interpretation, his flavor, for lack of better words, of jujitsu to the urban community. And he was a, a student of another reputable instructor, Professor Florenzo Visitation. And he was actually an immigrant from the Philippines. He, um, you know, he was born in 1910, right? So, I mean, we're going back here, right? But he brought his understanding of martial arts to the United States, sought out more martial artists when he got to the United States and then started teaching multiple forms of what became deemed as bijitsu. Dr. Moses Powell found Professor Visitation, 
right? Mm -hmm. And he trained, he trained under him um, from teenage years on up. He trained under him. And eventually he grew to develop his own. See, you're not talking about people whose mind are locked in to the, I use the word religion, right? The religion of martial arts where it's uh, it's forbidden for it to change shape or for forbidden for it to evolve. Like you're talking about people who have creativity and ingenuity and practicality and they're looking for how they can formulate their craft to apply to people who are dealing with the threat of the neighborhood and they're dealing with the threat of getting home safe, dealing with the threat of being a single mother today right? Not after 30 years of mopping a floor, you know, at a temple somewhere, but today, right? So you're talking about eclectic practice, right? You're talking about a, a practice that's growing over time and adjusting to its, to its surrounding. When Dr. Moses Powell started teaching, and even in his own learning environment, he was instructing people who had higher rank than him at one point right so um you know so, obviously he, he was he was he was very gifted yeah 10th um, degree black belt yeah man i mean he, he degree and i i, I did involved watch. in sports and, and his yeah. as well and and uh you know eventually boxing you know judo and then he landed in, in professor v's world and he grew from there and um and he started sanukas and um once he started really introducing that to the world. I mean, he took the stage in uh, 65, I believe, at the New York World Fair, and it kind of went from there. But it, even to this day, it's never been an art that sought out like the uh, the popularity, the, the, the blessing of the masses, right? Like it, it's always been something that's been very, very organic. Like, like Hassani just mentioned how his story evolved, how his uncle knew somebody that knew somebody, right? And then you peel the curtain back and you see how much knowledge and how many years of training has really brought this system to this point, you know, yeah, and it continues know, to grow today because, I mean, he had many descendants. I did watch the history video online mm -hmm. and I don't want to quote verbatim here, but I do recall at the very end, he said something that I thought that stood out a lot. He talked about the people in his community were afraid to walk out at night on the streets. And right. he said that he was had the ability to basically instill dignity, pride, and confidence. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but that was like the elements so that people can literally talk about survival, that they can live longer is what his words were. And, and it just seemed like uh, it kind of gave insight on how how clearly he's given back to the community to strengthen people yeah. with within that sphere. So yeah, absolutely. It's always been for the people that need it. You know, I mean, the worst thing is when is when something that people need is, is positioned to where they can't afford it or they don't have access to it, right? Yeah. So let's transition a little bit. We had just touched on the idea of uh, mentorship here, right? Mm -hmm. Mentorship, community, strengthening the people around you and supporting everyone. So let's talk about how have you seen this worked out? Not only, you know, and we can take it broader than just martial arts, but just like mentorship, we can speak about men and we can speak about women. Uh, we can take it multiple angles. So I think just in general, on let's let's kick that around a little bit. Like, how has that strengthened the community, and how have you seen it strengthen the community? You know, you're specifically in martial arts, so I could toss oh, this boy, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll take a stab at it. I mean, basically, you're talking about people who walk in the door for different reasons, right? Some people walk in the door because they want to lose a tummy, right? 
I mean, let's just be honest, right? Some mm-hmm. people walk in the door because they want to feel like they're a part of something. You know, there's uniforms in soccer and basketball for a reason. Because when we're all wearing the same uniform, immediately there's something that fires off, right? Psychologically, I am a part of it. There's some people that come through the door because they want to be the next Bruce Lee. There's some people that come through the door because they got something to prove for themselves. Some people because they used to do college sports, right? And they've lost touch with it and they just they just crave that contact, right? So so you're telling me I can become the next Bruce Lee? Is that what you just absolutely, said? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right. What, what day are you guys training Bethesda? You what, gotta, what? Oh, you gotta grow some hair, lose some weight, and uh oh. and get a surgery to drop you down about 10 inches. You know? Oh. <laughs> but uh no nah, man. So all, all that to say that you never know who's walking through the door because they really need to build something within themselves, right? You know, we've had rape victims come in and train with us. We've had children come in and train with us, right? We've done seminars. Uh, I remember the seminar that we did down at uh, Fort Belvoir Military Base prior to my, my teacher. is He's still active in Army duty. So he has ties into, into different, you know, military groups. And, you know, he was a former Marine, by the way. So, I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, I can't say enough about my teacher. But all that to say is that in that experience, you're thinking about it like these people, they get on a plane and they go overseas and they fight for our country, right? But they're people, man. You know, some people are nervous. Some people, you know, they're not excited about the contact, right? Some people join the army just to kick, just to see what it feels like, right? To, to shoot and be shot at, you know? I mean, so people are coming from all different perspectives. But what I can say is that when you talk about character building, there is a humility that nobody can hide from once they step into the classroom and they're being asked to challenge themselves in ways that they've never been challenged before. You know, so, and that's when we all become equal, <laughs> right? Under the banner of martial arts. <laughs> Everybody's trying to beat themselves, man. So there's a humility that comes with that. And I think that really is the seed and it grows from there. Yeah, I was I was just gonna piggyback on that. I I, I think I think, you know, Shia made a great point in terms of the camaraderie that comes from the practice of something like this, you know, from a, from an athletic perspective, you know, we can both obviously speak to, you know, teamwork coming in, right. Wearing the uniforms, practicing, working hard to achieve a goal. Right. But at the same time, you know, and I'm, and he could definitely speak to, you know, track and field, you know, track and field is one of the most humbling things that I ever did in my athletic career, because, you know, you got the clock that's telling you, you know, people race up against Usain Bolt and, and they know they're going to lose. You know what I'm saying? They know they're going to lose. But they're out there racing the clock. They're trying to get anyway. their time better you know, every day. They're trying to get they, you know, and that's kind of what it is. But you, you know, you come into the dojo, and you're there to again, same deal, better yourself, right? Self improvement, self betterment. But there's also something. There, there's something about you know coming in and and you know doing your due diligence to pay your respects, right? We bow to each other, and then you know we 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 exercise, we work out, we beat each other up. We bow to each other again. We shake hands. We go home. We laugh. Talk about it, right? And and there's something about the adversity and trauma that comes with it that brings people together, you know. And there's something special about that. Um, and like like Sean said, you know, a lot of people have their reasons and their motivations for for coming to to the class. And you know what what's so great about it is that you know he really takes all that. We bring it together. We consolidate it. And we make sure that everybody gets a bit of that out you know, so that they can walk away with it and be good and then come back the next day fired up. You know, I never thought that I would, you know, <laughs> back when I was doing football, 
it was one thing to go and get your head knocked in, right? Come back the next day for practice. But it's another thing, you know, when you go and you got to bow to somebody who's, you know, throwing you up, down, left, right, and sideways, and then you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so Come back and do it's it again. humbling, but it, it's, it's eye-opening as well because you're like, okay, this is helping me to understand not just, you know, how to throw a punch, how to throw a kick, how to do something, but the system, the family, what it all means. So it's less about the how, but it's just the how and the why, right? And and how you get better and how you grow yourself on a personal journey. So, you know, I think all of that is goes to show, I think when we talk about the system and we talk about, you know, our different experiences with it and, you know, there's a lot of other folks, students and, you know, co-classmates of mine who, who would share the same thing and would have the same sentiments. And I think that just goes to show how how deep of a, of a family we have, you know, so brought some really good good points there and i'm just curious to know even speaking of this like you had that karate background but then you came to this and and like you stuck with it but maybe it stuck with you too right so like what were the, some of those things that the way you were taught maybe some of the things that i mean whether some mentorship elements or whatever that kept you in it and kept you coming back yeah, that's a really good question, man. And, you know, I, I wouldn't even say I have a karate background. Like, I don't think I ever told you I to have a karate background, because I think there's implications with that, that I did years and years of karate, you know. It wasn't like that. It was like, a, hey, you know, I was I was taking it at this YMCA for a few months, and that, that was that, you know. So I wouldn't even say that I have it a karate background. But it was a fling. Yeah, you're saying it was a fling. It was a weekend date. Right, you know what I'm saying? You know, we was talking for a little bit, right? And so, you know, once I, when I did this, you know, again, a big part of it was how I got exposed to it, right? For karate, it was, you know, I grew up watching Kung Fu movies, right? Karate was a key word, YMCA offer classes, boom. You know what I'm saying? You take karate, that's what you do. You take karate, if it wasn't that, what it's Taekwondo or something, right? That's, that's kind of what it was when I was growing up. If you were doing martial arts, that's kind of what it was. And so when I was talking to my uncle, again, when he put me on this and he gave me the rundown of his teaching and how he learned the things that he did. And even when he was showing me the things that he was showing me, how they were applied, how they were more um, structured and how, you know, really how, or everything was done, that inspired me to say, okay, let me learn more about this myself and do my due diligence to find this out. And, you know, at that point, I had an interest. So I wasn't one of the folks who came to, to Shihan Khalil and to Sanukas without knowing anything about it. I had a little bit of knowledge about it. And then at that point, it was just, you know, him, the system validating it. him and Professor World. Val- I mean, that was, at that point, it was nothing, right? You know, and so, um, I was already in, like I said, I was in the, in, in, in the seminar that, that was done for about 10 minutes before I decided that I was, you know, that I was in. And so, but the validation came from, you know, when you get to class, right. And, you know, we really break things down to the point where not only am I on my own personal journey to learn, right. But there isn't, you know, there's a, a sense of attention, focus, and understanding given from, I think, our instructors. Um, to make sure that what we're learning uh, works for us um, and things like that. And so that's really been important, been special. Obviously, outside of that, it's really been a lot about the brotherhood and the group as we've all kind of grown together and continue to grow. But also, again, a bit of it from the healthiness of being humble, right? You know, I came in in my first day. uh, I I don't know if you remember, Sean, my first day, you know, we were doing a lot of like heavy throws, you know? And so I I, I, I I was getting beaten. 
I was getting a beating that first day, you know, because yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, oh, you know, I, I, I thought I could take it, you know, I could take hey, it. Hey, man, that's and that's what happens when, when, when you show up to class with, with, with them dirty uh, soccer shin guards on, you know it? Right. <laughs> you gave the impression that, that, that you could sports. take a beating. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. But, I was always coming but, sports. And then, you, you know, again, you showed me, hey, you know, there's right, a part right. to learning how to protect yourself. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of overlap well within the martial really? arts but there's a lot of overlap in sports in general and as as i was listening to you guys kind of ping pong this i'm thinking you know for myself i've always been in some type of discipline some type of sport and a lot of mountain bike races and enduro racing so like competitive stuff that's heavy on cardio and a lot of a lot of stuff in the gym and that transpired later on and mainly doing a lot of calisthenic stuff body weight body weight control stuff so I think there's some overlap, but when I see you guys doing what you do, right, when, you, when, you, when you're setting up and, and someone's rolling, and I started thinking the, the closest thing that I could get to that I've experienced that looks similar is when I'm jumping. When I'm jumping on a mountain bike, I'm approaching a jump. My body's very fluid. I'm very loose. I'm limber, but I'm not entirely, I'm not jello, but I'm 100% engaged. So I have to hit it. I have to hit transition. I have to be smooth with it. And then I have to land smooth. And it's like this one Fun, fluid, man. it's a one <laughs> fluid motion. Yeah, and as I'm yeah. watching you guys practice, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, man, this is, this is years of discipline. And that's why I'm like, oh, I got just some serious respect for it because I can tell like how much that takes, but let's switch gears. Let's talk about a little bit on how you've seen, like we talked about a community, but let's talk about how you've seen people conquer fears. Mm from the martial arts, how you've seen, how you've seen, you know, pushing your body, like when you're talking about physiology here, how it's helped with depression, how it's helped with anxiety, worry, you know, all these elements that, you know, that a lot of times we, we relegate to psychology and we relegate to, this is counseling room talk, but there's an overlap with our bodies. And when you push them, so absolutely, let me throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, I will first say that, you know, this is a this is a form of martial arts that is intended for everyone because everyone has a right to defend themselves. I don't care what color you are, what height you are, what weight you are, right? And that's one of the things that also attracted me so much to this form of jujitsu is that, you know, you're looking for a way that you can take a paintbrush, for example, and teach all these people how to use it, right? So, you know, it, it, of course, the, the, the painting is going to come out different, right? But, but we're still all painting the same thing. So what I'm saying is you can come in and be in shape. You could be one of those guys that say, I'm going to get in shape first before I get to class and never actually come, right? Or there's a lot of those. Or you could be, or you could be one of the guys that just takes a chance and says, you know what, I'm just gonna see if I like this. But um, some of those guys that have coming in and really just taking a chance, man, I really tip my hat to them because this goes back so far with me. I don't have a perspective of somebody who hasn't done anything right physical and just giving it a chance, you know. So I always appreciate and respect that when I see that, right? So, but yeah, I've, I've had guys come in and just totally transform themselves, man. I mean, feeling better about themselves, you know, interested in changing their diet, 
you know, obviously. What about the mentals? Yeah, the, the mental is big. The, the confidence thing is big. The confidence mm-hmm. thing is big. I mean, mm-hmm. and and um, I remember specifically when one student told me, you know, he may not remember everything from class, right? <laughs> he left me. He left me for a couple of years. Uh, some things came up, and um, but but he did say, you know, what he got from the training, he knew that something was going to come out. If he gets pressed against a corner and backed against the wall, something is going to come out. Right. He said, I might not I might not be able to tell you the name of it in Japanese, but something, well, something is going to come out, man. Deeper level, though, I, could, I got even 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 more powerful of an answer for you. And this is very personal that I've had on three occasions. Students come to me privately and tell me that what they learned in the classroom helped them defend their life. Mm-hmm. So that's that's heavy. That's heavy. I mean, we did a we did a reenactment video of a of a garage assault about what was that about two years ago, Sonny? We did that video. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that was and it was based on a, a live situation where one of my students had a had a gun pulled out on him and oh, he uh, he I lived, didn't he realize, I didn't realize that that video was actually a reenactment of of an actual event oh, yeah. yeah you gotta oh. watch it all the way to the end uh, i'm gonna watch it <laughs> yeah, yeah, that part. Like we got a testimony at the end man because okay. uh, i mean that was that was man that was like tear-jerking stuff man it goes deep man yeah you know so thing i one thing i've noticed and i've had a lot of friends especially like in the biking community like every community and it has a sub community right there's always a sub community to that community and you kind of get engulfed into it and yeah. and you guys probably eat, sleep, and breathe martial arts. You okay. know, the mountain bike community, a lot of the guys eat, sleep, and breathe that, or, or music community and arts community. So each one. And I've kind of had my toe in a lot of different areas of my life. And what I've seen a lot, uh, one of the strongest things in working out is I've seen a lot of depression get curved. Like a lot of people that go through depression during, during seasonal depression, especially, or have a lot of anxiety they uh they end up having coming out of the winter saying you know what they look back and they're like because i was you know continued to be disciplined i didn't have that this this past winter so i think that's also been a big point that i've seen in a lot of people's lives like i said you know some of the some of some of the students that we've had are, are, are you know this is something that they needed and didn't even realize they needed it you know, like I said, I mean, we, we've had uh, victims from, uh, you know, sexual assault come by. We've done uh, female self-defense seminars. Um, we've done self-defense seminars in general. And there's almost always guaranteed a light bulb that goes off with one of the attendees where they realize that this is something that could really have changed the outcome of situations that they've been in and, mm-hmm. and will change the outcome in the future. And, so, and even the way you carry yourself, you know, we're humans are, are batteries. We have frequencies and, you know, people could tap into those frequencies of a victim, you know, and exploit those. And uh, and, and that's something that, that this can really shift for you. Absolutely. That, that was an interesting point you just made there. Yeah. You're saying like the uh, somebody that's been that's been hurt. There's a there's an element of vulnerability there Absolutely. or uh, somebody I, I mean, that. And that, and that somebody that might be an aggressor can pick up on that, you know, the discipline that you guys are instilling in them helps guard against that. So that's, yeah. that's a, that's a I mean, really powerful thing to think about when you, yeah, think, about I mean, when you think about it, we're all byproducts of our experiences, 
You know, I mean, one one traumatic experience can really change who you are as a person, you know, and that and that door, once it's open, that could take years to close. So so let's let's shift gears. Let's talk about some yeah, misconceptions. Yeah. So I'm going to call me Cranky Karen. OK, right? <laughs> I'll be Cranky Karen. You don't right? look it, though. You don't look <laughs> no, like no, I'm bald in a beard. It doesn't look like Cranky Karen. Right. <laughs> but, but we'll just say oh, let's say you've got a Cranky Karen that comes in. Right. And she's like. Man, you guys are beating each other up in here. I don't know if I'm gonna let little Johnny step in this dojo. You, you're just gonna teach him how to beat up everyone. What do you, what do you say to? Um, she's throwing shade at you like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I go next door. No. <laughs> no, man. I think everything just really has a, a a starting point and a reference based on, you know, based on the individual. You know, and people have biases before they walk in the door, obviously. But we're, I mean, we're a peaceful group of guys, man. I mean, we 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 really love what we do. We're passionate about what we do. Seeing it grow, seeing it evolve, seeing it touch and change people's lives. But um, you know, there's also a very, it's a very personal, very selfish element to martial arts as well. You know, you really we're training ourselves to become better and better at doing the same things, you know, so that proficiency that we're trying to achieve, you know, that translates into the students when they come in. So I remember uh, there was a student a couple of years back, man, this must have been like 2015. And I asked him, you know, because his mother dropped him off a of class and I asked him after his mother was gone, because really it, it doesn't matter what the parents think is going to be good for their child as far as like a, a physical activity like this, if they're not interested in it, if they're not engaged in it on some level, one, they're not gonna give give it all they got, and two, they're not gonna excel in it. So, you know, I'm always a big advocate of, you know, do something that fits you, you know? I mean, do something that feels good. That's how I ended up doing what I'm doing now because I was looking for something that fit me not just looking for something that was close to the house and walking distance, right? So, you know, I, I would tell her, first of all, this is a discipline. And any discipline starts in phases. You know, when we're young, we all, my brother Rashim makes this analogy, you know, we all learn how to draw with that, that same paper, you know, got those two thick lines, and then that dotted line through the middle, and, and it's about this wide, and we learn how to make a capital A and a lowercase a, right? And we're following the dotted line, and we're all, it's a building process, you know, but our objective is exactly that. It's self-defense, which should actually be called community defense, as uh, my, my good friend, Professor Saifullah mentioned the other day. It's a process. So, you know, we're there to build. We're not there to destroy, you gotcha. know, but so you know, it's a... But the world is violent. Let's not let's not fool ourselves about this. <laughs> we can't we can't pretend in any to any degree that we're not saturated with violence in, in, in our world. And we should have the tools that we need to equip ourselves to deal with it. You know, some of the things I wanted to bring up was, was like character development. I, yeah. I think it, like everything you just mentioned, I think underlining a lot of that is character development, like discipline, the ability to push oneself, the yeah. ability to actually to listen to someone that's over top of you. Yeah. That develops character because that makes you swallow your pride and make you realize, you know what, I don't have everything. I don't have all the tools in my tool belt and someone else can help because if you listen, if you're willing to listen to the outside voice, sometimes people can see things in you or the way you move. I'm sure like in martial arts or your character and what you do and what you say, they can see what you do almost better than what you've done. 
on occasions. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think that ties into mentorship a lot. So let's talk about this. Let's, let's ask, do you guys think, is there beauty in fighting? I'll let Asani go first. Man. <laughs> I want Wes to jump in here, too. Yeah, I'll let Wes go first, man. <laughs> I, want, well, I definitely oh, want Wes. <laughs> is there a beauty in fighting? Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, the one thing I think about, and, and I would love to hear you guys talk about it, too, is it's, when you think of martial arts, one of the things, the first thing is going to mind is honor, right, and dignity and worth, and that, you know, there's, there's a sense of, you know, having honor and and, and that self-improvement, but also like you've mentioned in terms of the community and, and you know, I guess it goes and even some misconceptions, maybe you can speak to this, like you watch a, a movie, right? That's a big deal on like some of these movies, like you've dishonored me, now I got to fight back, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a sense of that and self-defense too, right? Like if you're willing to defend yourselves, you're saying, hey, what you've done to me, you have dishonored me. You have done something wrong yeah. to me. You have dehumanized yeah. me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to stand up for my humanity right now. You know. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, I mean, I think there's something. There is something good in that. Asani's up. Asani's up. <laughs> I, I got right. you, man. It's all Beauty good. And I, fighting. I, I know you. I know you're going to light it up. So, so I'll go. I'll go. Um, <laughs> you know, I think. You know, man, when it comes to this stuff. You know, I think beauty is really not even sound a cliche, man. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder, especially when it comes to some of this stuff. You know, we have the, you know, I would say martial arts. Absolutely. You know, I think has beautiful elements to it. I think there's the martial aspect that we talk about in terms of how we have applied ways of preserving ourselves, right? In certain situations. Then we have the art, you know, how we preserve the system, right? From all these years and years and years and all this knowledge and knowledge how the system gets preserved and passed down. And, you know, in terms of how, you know, that comes to the forefront, right? If, you know, getting into a fight isn't necessarily a beautiful thing per se, but getting home and surviving an encounter as a result of training is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing also if we compete and we take the time to compete against each other to get better. Getting better with one of your brothers is a beautiful thing, right? It's a beautiful thing going to class and breaking yourself down and building yourself back up. So I think those aspects of it are beautiful. I don't, I don't know if necessarily fighting for your life is a beautiful thing. Nor should it, you know, I, that's just what I would say. But I believe that training yourself uh, in a way that helps you preserve the martial, preserve the art. So that you can, like we like to say, you know, Mushin Combat School of Survival, right? This is about preserving ourselves so that we make sure, you know, we get home. You take care of yourself, like you said, regardless of race, color, creed, gender, you know, you're entitled to defending yourself to your peace of mind. I think preserving that and working towards preserving that, I think that's what it beauty is. Nice. So let me let the ideas intersect. I like a lot of what you said there. I do think that beauty, though, is objective. There, there is objective. And there is elements of it that are subjective. So I think there's there's a, both sides I, I, I see. And uh, I like how you said, I like how you picked up on the fact that just going out there and beating someone up, that's in fighting, that's, that's not a beauty. But in that survival aspect, you get into a fight and, and you are surviving. There is something beautiful in that. You, you're, well, the beauty is you're preser- preserving, you know, this, your life, literally. So you're walking away. It could be life or death situation if it's really, if it becomes really bad. And there is beauty within that. I think in your craft and your art and watching you guys fight and just spar when you're sparring, I think there, that is an 
art and that is a science and there's a sense of fluency with that that is absolutely beautiful i think it's awesome just to watch it i love mma and watching that but what you guys do when you're rolling man i mean that is a craft and the fact that the other person can take that take that hit without being completely just decimated <laughs> there is beauty in that i didn't break yeah. i didn't break my man's arm this round you know right, i mean that, right, that, right. that that's called control I mean, yeah. that's complete control right there. And that, that's a beautiful thing when you can control your own body like that, but also interact with someone else so that you're not actually injuring them. Khalil. Not, yeah, no, I mean. You ready to jump out there? Oh, no, nah, man. It's just, you know. What you got? This, every, every single topic that we've brought up so far in this conversation, there's an entire world behind that. This is a very difficult conversation from to not bleed into so many other things. I mean, just like you said, it does intersect so much, man, but it's such a broad, beautiful topic, man. And, you know, I, I, I do just want to take a step back and, and go back to the fighting thing. Martial arts is this combination, right, of terms where some tend to dissect it, where, you know, the martial is the, is the you know, doing what you have to do, right? And then the art is the preservation of a system, you know, and by our definition. Let's just take it a step outside of Kung Fu, right? And, and, and Jiu-Jitsu, right? Is a Michael Jordan dunk from the free throw line beautiful, right? <laughs> is a Bruce Lee spin so. <laughs> kick beautiful, right? Like, I mean, I mean, because when you, when you talk about, I mean, I'm not a huge ballet fan, but I've been extremely impressed by the some even some menial pieces of ballet that I've seen at the amount of control that they have. So I mean synchronized swimming, I mean diving. I'm, I mean this can go on and on, but to witness somebody performing something that has taken so much time and dedication to achieve and do it at a level of precision, right? Where they know exactly how much of what right and where and when to do it in order for it to come out the way that they intended it to come out i mean that's that's magical man that's magical and 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 i tip my hat and i respect and appreciate you know the the beauty in that and and we see oh i can i can enjoy i can enjoy a kung fu movie just as much as i can enjoy a, a football scrimmage you know what i mean is is there is there is there beauty in martial arts absolutely is there beauty in fighting Absolutely not. Fighting is a terrible and ugly thing. And I can tell you, an untrained man having to fight a trained man can be an extremely sad thing to watch. The amount of like, man, it's just to us is like we, we look at the body. Let's just talk about training for a minute if we can. Um, sure. We look at the body. We look at the anatomy of the body. We train hard. We train soft. We train soft inside the heart. We train uh, hard inside the soft. We train the movements. We train the, the the postures, the stances, the forms. We train in a sense where we're always touching each other when we train because we need to understand how the body's going to respond. You see, when you if you look at an excellent boxing coach on the mitts, right? They're training specific combinations because they've been boxing long enough to understand the anatomy of how the body responds for their combinations to be practical and effective when it's time to use them, right? So if you take that same logic and you apply it to martial arts, right? 
We could take something as simple as a groin kick. You kick somebody in the groin, what do you expect that their body's going to do? You kick them in the groin, they're going to fold over, I'm sure. <laughs> fold over. Fold over, lean forward, or, go, or, or, or sometimes just go straight to the knees and go straight to the mat, right? So mm-hmm. if you take it from that degree and you look at it, and, and all the years of, of training and, and teaching that we've had behind us to turn that into a science, right? The predication of movement based on other movement, right? But also the freedom and the spontaneity to know when that movement is restricted, that there's another proficient movement right behind it. And all you have to do is fall in and embrace the training that you've had to exploit that. And I'm trying to say it as simple as I can, but that recipe by itself is the recipe of jujitsu. And that's what makes it so devastating as a craft because we're always moving on to the next opportunity before one opportunity has even had a chance to be recovered from. So, you know, it's, it's it's beautiful, man. It's like like any, any discipline, it just becomes hardwired, you know, in you. So when I, well, you know, your money, we saw a parallel or overlap analogy I could think of is when I play music, you know, if I'm playing a solo, I'm in a chord and I can jump down and start playing in the same key on a solo. And I, I don't think about it. I'm thinking about the next step. I might be playing the chords, but I'm thinking about the solo already in my mind. I'm down, I'm, I'm three steps ahead of where my fingers are. You know, yeah. my fingers are going one way with my hands going down. Man, and I that's think beautiful, that, man. That, I think that's a very similar type experience. So, yeah. and I, and, you know, even like you mentioned, like about like the ballet, I think the beauty of, of the craft and, and knowing how much discipline it takes is that's where you see it. Like, I'm not a ballet fan. I'm not going to turn on the ballet tonight. You know, that's not me, but I can appreciate what goes into it. So, but and I think we also have to appreciate that you can't be presumptuous or let this thing go to your head, right? Mushin, the translation of Mushin, it, you know, it, we'll just say empty mind, just to paraphrase it. But what it really is, is it's touching on the fact that you've done something so much you don't have to think about it, right? But that doesn't mean that a strong right hook can't take you out. You know what I'm saying? And if you come into this with the ego that I'm going to win, I'm going to win, right? First of all, you have to maintain that psyche of I didn't start it, but I'm going to finish it, right? And do I really have to do this? Do I really have to do this, right? But on top of that, it's okay. This this guy's coming at me. I'm in a situation right now. I, I have to do something about it, right? I have no choice. I'm going to use whatever I got. Or I'm going to end it before it starts because I know it's about to get ugly. But either way, if you take the humility out of it, then you take away the awareness that all it takes is one good hit. Sad. I don't care what belt you, you know, have. <laughs> what, you're, what you're talking about, it's so true. I, I think yeah. uh, you reminded me. So I have a, a friend that owns a downhill mountain bike group, and he used to talk about skill set. He'd say there's locally fast, there's regionally fast, and there's nationally fast. <laughs> And he would basically say, you know, you know, a lot of guys got to got to keep a sense of humility because even when you get to that nationally fast level, like the margin of error is so quick, and you know, you just you basically, I think it's with anything, you just you have fun, you give it all you got, and you know what, let it change, let it change your mind, let it change your body, and and just have it change your life, and and enjoy the fact that you're able to uh, practice something and be involved in a discipline with other people as well. I think 
we should probably go ahead and wrap this up, man. It's been really good having you guys on. I'm going to give you a shout out here and make sure everyone knows at the end that your contact stuff, you want to go ahead and yeah, let everyone yeah, inform yeah, everyone yeah. real quick. Man, even, even prior to that, I just want to say, man, much love. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the opportunity, man. Hassani, thank you for joining. Thank you for having us, man. But I, I especially want to send a special shout out to my teacher, Professor World. I got some 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 real heavy influences in the family, man. I, I gotta say their names. Professor Safala, Professor James Sims, Professor Ernest Miles. Man, I love you guys and and, and I really appreciate everything from you guys and, and I continue to. And you know, it's man, Professor Osei, like it, it the names go on, but um uh specifically to Master Um Willie the Bam Johnson. You you asked about point MMA earlier. We really didn't get into it because uh, the conversation kept flowing but uh yeah it's it, it's man it's an amazing opportunity it, it, it's it's catered towards youth who are getting into who are getting into combat athletics but you know we look at it from a more holistic perspective of giving them an outlet you know outside of the negative influences of their community it's a very controlled flavor of mma and you know even the platform point mma itself doing some really powerful things right now um got this film pre-production one out of 100 it's going to be a great full-length film man and and it's something a message that really needs to get out there for the youth in today's communities and you know man just all the different adversities that they're facing man and um you know i'm proud to be you know in uh and master bam johnson's corner and good graces man and supporting this project moving it forward yeah man i just i had i i, I couldn't let the let the mic get away from me with that without saying those names, <laughs> mentioning those things. Man. Absolutely. No problem. No problem. And you know, um, I do I do got a lot of friends in the area that roll. So if if Definitely. you have any interest, once again, guys in the DMV area, check yeah, these guys yeah, out man. there in Bethesda. Hopefully you can, you know, send Khalil some love. Go yes, visit, sir. go roll yes, with sir. the guys. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Mootincombat.com, man. Yeah. And, you know, we're not afraid to to mix it up and, and get around and just be humble, empty the cup, man, and enjoy okay. what, what all of, all of the yeah. folks in the martial arts community have to offer. Man. You know, awesome. we love the action, man. I love the action. Well, Hassani, any, any last words or Wes, any last words? Uh, absolutely, man. I, I just gotta, gotta give a shout out to all the students, man, and all the classmates and, and everybody that keeps on coming to, to, you know, continue to make me better for sure, but to keep on building, you know, the school in itself. So shout out to all the students, man, everybody, staying active and staying with the program. Oh awesome. yeah, man. Oh yeah. Special shout to Soke Hilton too, man. Monsters, <laughs> monsters man. Monsters. <laughs> West, yeah. Man, well, you know, I was gonna say, man, Khalil Hassani, thank you so much. I think there's a lot that's just yeah. applies uh, to all of life. And I'm glad that you guys did most of the talking and I was just soaking up every moment of it, man. And, <laughs> and again, yeah, man. We could we could we could get a little more specific on some subjects, man. If you guys ever decide to bring us back, man. This this was a great conversation, man. Yeah, Appreciate the dialogue. It definitely man. was. Well, thank you everyone for coming. And for those listening, this is Intersecting Ideas. This is Mike Parks, your host. We're signing off for the week. Give us a like and a share. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.